What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Stand Up Guys Podcast, episode 142. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by the Groot to my rocket, Lester Jones. I am Lester. <laughs> uh, conspicuous by his absence once again this week is, of course, the, the star of the porn parody, Gargolings of the Phallic Peak. <laughs> oh, <AJ>. wow. <laughs> this is how we start. This where, is how it starts, people. Where he, of course, played the title role of Peter Phil, a.k.a. Star Gaylord. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, listen, he was supposed to be here. <laughs> I hope this is the end of your... Uh, it's not. The material that you <laughs> you put thought into. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. That, it is definitely the end to what it put thought into. Uh, well, if you couldn't guess, this is going to be our review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We're very excited. Um, so anyone who hasn't watched or listened to any of our reviews uh, in the past, basically what we do is first, a nice uh, little, you know, uh, non-spoiler uh, review and, and thoughts, but then unlike, you know, your average podcast, we're going to do a very deep dive and go scene by scene, as many scenes as I could remember, and do a breakdown, a real deep breakdown of the plot. Um, uh, before we do that, let's look at the overview on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, right now, the movie sits at an 80% on the old Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the official synopsis uh, reads as thus. In Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, our beloved band of misfits are looking uh, a bit different these days. Peter Quill, still reeling from the loss of Gamora, must rally his team around him to defend the universe along with protecting one of their own. A mission that, if not completed successfully, could quite possibly lead to the end of the Guardians as we know them. The movie is, of course, directed by James Gunn. It stars Chris Pratt as Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, Zoe Saldana as Gamora, Dave Bautista as Drax, Karen Gillan as Nebula, uh, Palm Clementif as Mantis, Vin Diesel as the voice of Groot, Bradley Cooper as the voice of Rocket Raccoon, Sean Gunn as Kraglin, uh, man, I cannot pronounce this guy's name, Chuck Woody Iwuji as the High Evolutionary, uh, Will Poulter as Adam Warlock, uh, Maria Baklava as the voice of Cosmo the Space Dog, uh, Sylvester Stallone as Stakar O'Gord, and Elizabeth Debicki as Aisha. Okay. So yeah, now, Lester, you and I are both huge fans of the first Guardians movie. Uh, it's definitely up there. Probably, if not my favorite, probably my second favorite of the MCU movies. Um, and... I think the the second movie was probably a step down, but I, I know a lot of people like dislike the second movie. I still in, enjoy it, um, and so I was pretty excited going into this third one. And I got to say, while it doesn't reach the heights of the first movie, I still like this movie quite a bit. What do you think? Yeah, I think it was probably better than the second movie. Um, I think so too. The first movie is pretty close to a perfect movie. It I really think. is. Um, but yeah, no, I had high expectations. I was, I was surprised to learn that this is supposed to be like the the end of the uh, Guardians movies, at least for the time being. Um, well, personally, we'll, I think it's their strongest franchise. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get into spoilers, but I think there is still going to be somewhat of a, a continuation. Well, I don't know if there's going to be any spinoffs and then like... Um, I mean, that's somewhat of a spoiler there, spoiler? son. That's well, just the let's wait till the very it's end. It's outside to get of there. the movie. Let's get to the very end, though. I already told you. <laughs> I would consider that a slight spoiler, even though everyone probably would maybe assume. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, performance-wise, I think Chris Pratt uh, and the whole cast really continue to do uh, great in their roles. If there's one criticism that I would have is I think some uh, of the new casts were maybe underutilized. I mean, one problem that's in a lot of Marvel movies, and you could even argue, I would, and I would argue this in the first Guardians movie, is the villain is kind of underdeveloped, uh, even though... Um, uh, the actor that plays the high evolutionary is very good. I think that character overall, you know, much like he's probably more interesting than Ronan Accuser in the first movie, but I think he's still maybe a little just he's there, you know. It, it definitely, I think, focuses more on the heroes. And then Adam Warlock, who, you know, I thought would be a more major character, I thought he was just kind of like, eh, like this movie, I, I question whether it even really needed him. Yeah, I could see that. He didn't. He didn't seem like a real prestigious character, right? Uh, to me, um, I'm trying to think of like how much I can say before we get into spoilers because I don't really. I don't want to. Uh, I mean, I think as the main bad guy, uh, I think he worked okay for me. Like, like it's kind of interesting that the second movie was not her favorite, but I really did like uh, Kurt Russell. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, I th- I feel like this movie, even though there's a lot of great jokes in it. Maybe overall has a more dour tone than the other ones. There's a lot of somber scenes. Um, I mean, well, right from the pretty much the beginning, you're facing the clock with. Um, well, don't okay, uh, don't do that yet. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> but yes, there's definitely some. I hope you're having as much fun as I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta be. I know a lot of people are sensitive to spoilers, so I, I want to be. I want to be sensitive to that. Um, but yeah. Oh, and one other just kind of general thing I'll say is, um, you know, in I believe it's uh, one of the Avengers, maybe Endgame, um, he ends up getting that Zoom device. So now oh, he yeah, has yeah. more some more modern music. And I think because of that, the, the soundtrack in this movie, while it does have some bangers, it also has some choices that I'm like, uh, overall makes the soundtrack not as good. Probably just because it has a, a more modern music that's uh, in many instances not as good. I don't know if you felt that too. Yeah, I, I definitely felt that. <laughs> a part of me was wishing he still <laughs> just had the old classic. Love the eighties. Yeah, seventies and eighties music on average is is a lot better. <laughs> um, um, okay, um, so yeah, definitely. Like, if if we're just going by the scale of like see this in theaters wait for streaming don't see i mean i'm firmly go see this in theaters you too yeah it's a fun romp definitely worth seeing on the big screen a hundred percent yeah this was this was very good uh so yeah okay guys we're gonna go heavy 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 into spoilers here so spoilers from this point on hope you enjoy um so uh, as always, can I talk about the movie now? <laughs> yes, you can. Can I? <laughs> can fa- I start now? In fact, I got to say, like, as we get into this, I definitely like forgot some stuff. So please chime oh. in when you notice. Uh, I, I'm uh, skipping yeah, over. I, I don't exactly have the most stellar memory. <laughs> Plus, there were like, like especially with Rocky, you've got con- the continuing story, which is like probably ten scenes, but it's like it's one story all broken up. I was gonna say there's a lot of so, rocket flashback scenes, and yeah. I put them in here, but I'm. 100% sure I didn't put them in exactly the right places, so just <laughs> just know that. Uh, but anyway, uh, we open the movie on uh, Baby Rocket uh, in his in his cage, all, all scared to death as he's being, being pulled out of his cage yep. by the High Evolutionary. 
high sympathy tones right from the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then we immediately cut to modern day Rocket uh, on uh, Nowhere. He's listening to an acoustic version of Creep by Radiohead, which seems to go on forever. Uh, a great example of, you know, not as good a music right. in this one. <laughs> uh, but anyway, as that's playing, he kind of walks around Nowhere and you, you get to see all the characters. I remember like there's a Drax and uh, Nebula like hanging a sign uh, and, you, and like... Uh, you got Craglin and Cosmo, like Cosmo's like trying to pull like a stake out of his hands or some something like that. Uh, but anyway, Rocket um, um, eventually gets to Star-Lord, who's drunk and yells at him for taking his Zune. But then he immediately passes out because he's drunk. And w- we get the sense that he's basically been drinking a lot lately. Uh, so Nebula um, picks up uh, Star-Lord and basically goes and puts him to bed. Uh, Rocket is showing off. Um, he's got these anti-gravity boots that allow him to oh, right, walk right. upside down. Um, Craglin is struggling to use the whistle arrow that he got from Yondu. He, they like set up this course for him to try, and he like messes it up. Which he's trying this in like a crowded marketplace, and it, it seems like a horrible idea. <laughs> Like, go out in the desert, buddy. <laughs> well, it does, and actually, he even ends up actually putting the arrow into like Nebula's chest. Right. So if it was a regular person, they'd be dead. But she's like a robot enough that she's right. fine. It's just comic relief. But then uh, Cosmo uses her. Um, now I think in the comics, Cosmo is a boy dog. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But here it has like the female cosmonaut. She's, yeah, voice. she's a. F- Female Russian voice. It reminds me of uh, Lady Rainicorn from Adventure Time. No, oh, I don't watch Adventure <laughs> Time. She's got a Russian accent. No, but she's got like, she's got a voice box oh. that translates, but she speaks like South Korean. Usually. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but then uh, Cosmo uses her telekinetic powers and like easily beats that course he set up. So then like Craglin calls Cosmo a bad dog and she gets all upset. And that'll be a thing that like continues throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah, there's this running joke where like he won't take back calling her bad dog and like she's it's like the only thing she's upset about. Yeah, it's like the worst thing you can call a dog. You know? <laughs> Please don't call me a bad dog. Take it back. Um so on the upside of the soundtrack, uh, "Crazy on You" by Heart plays, which is an awesome that's song. That's a good song. Yeah. Um, that's playing, and as that's playing, we're introduced to Adam Warlock, who's uh, flying into nowhere, and he immediately just flies right into Rocket. He's his whole goal there is to to get Rocket, uh, but Rocket does manage to escape, and this gets Nebula's attention. Nebula, she has like these like mechanical wings that she can put on and use to fly here, right? Which never come up in any other parts of the movie. Although there is a part later on in the movie that she would have been good if she had them. I wasn't she, sure if it was like built in or if it was like some kind of a no. There's a quick accessory. there's a quick scene where she actually grabs it and uh, so it's like something she puts on herself. And Warlock, he's what's it, what do they call them? The Celestials? No, um, he's he's not a Celestial, but he, ah, his his people, the gold people. Oh, I thought that's what they called them. No, a celestial is more like um um well nowhere is a dead celestial. So they're like giant. Oh, okay. Um but no like Adam Warlock's that gold race of people, they have like a weird name like the Salvation or something. It's not that. Okay. But we'll call them Goldies. <laughs> the Gold the Goldies. Um 
so yeah, Nebula, Nebula flies up on her wings. She shoots Adam. They get into a fight, but then Adam basically ends up just like beating her really badly, you know, where like her face goes off to one side because she's all mechanical and like her limbs like get all messed up. And he, he basically beats the hell out of her and throws her away. Um, then at some point, Groot attacks Adam and um, Adam like ends up tearing Groot's head off from the rest of his body. So he's just like going around like his head. Yeah. Little, a head with like tendrils. Yeah. Uh, Kraglin hits Adam with his arrow, which does nothing, and he's just like, "Who, who did that?" You know, <laughs> he calls. He's like, "Baby." <laughs> yeah, you know what? The whole thing with Adam Warlock is, I expected him to be like more kind of regal for some reason, but he really is just like a dummy, right? And that's also another running joke. Yeah, he he's just kind of this like idiot. Um, um. So now Star Lord enters the scene. He he starts shooting Adam with his uh, element guns. I don't remember exactly what happens here, but Adam must like throw him to the ground or something too. Um, Adam ends up breaking Mantis's arm, and he shoots Rocket because he can like shoot laser beams out of his hand. Yeah, something like that. Um, and this like really wounds Rocket. Um, Drax and Adam. Uh, uh, our drag shows up and him and Adam begin to fight and, and that kind of takes the fight a- away from where Rocket is. Now, this is something I didn't think of till right now, but really, like, Adam's goal is to collect Rocket for the High Evolutionary. Right. But I would think, like, I, I think the High Evolutionary wants him alive. Well, essentially, he just wants to, like, dissect his brain. So I guess if you threw him in, like, an ice bucket... Oh, so like if he gets him there <laughs> fast enough, he could. Okay, okay, that okay, that makes sense then. Um, uh, Mantis tells Peter to get some med packs, so Mantis uses one of the packs to fix her arm. And I don't know if they had these in any of the other movies, but they're like these magical things that just kind of heal yeah. whatever ails you. Uh, so that like puts her arm back in place, and then Peter puts one on Rocket's chest. Um, so then it. These scenes are, like, cutting apart from each other. Uh, we get a scene where Adam almost defeats Drax until Nebula walks up behind and, like, stabs him through the chest. And so that hurts Adam Warlock enough to where he retreats. Um, so they end up having to take the med pack off a of rocket because for some reason they notice it's it's killing him. It's it's not helping. Um, so they they put, like, Rocket, you know, in a med bay. And they find out that Rocket actually... Uh, whoever made him uh, put a bomb inside of him and like the med pack is going to trigger that bomb. Right. Essentially. So, so like either he's going to die. If, if they take the med pack off of him, they can tell like he's going downhill. He's probably going to die within a couple days. But if they leave the med pack on him, they can tell that it's going to cause that bomb to explode. Right. Am I getting that right? That sounds right. Um, so um, I think – Nebula or someone like can tell um, the like the manufacturer name on one of Rocket's like um, implants or whatever. Yeah, they got some kind of. And I do you remember the name of this company? It started with an O. It was something like the Orosco Corp or O. It's I don't know. It's supposedly like the what's the bad guy's name again? The High Evolutionary. The High Evolutionary. Like he's got like a shell company that allows him to get around like interstellar laws. Right, right. Yeah, I, like I said, I know this company started with an O. It was something like a Roscoe or something. Yeah, they like scanned the uh, they when they scanned Rocket's chest. There's like there's something in there, but I think they got like his um basically like his 
part number or whatever <laughs> his batch that like they know his um his code so the theory is that um if they can go to this corporation and get the code to disable this bomb then um then they can use medpack on him and and he'll live right they say there's like some sort of like uh, they call it like a kill key or something a key that will un- unlock right. that bomb and turn it off and they figure they've got what was it like Two days. Two days or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, now we get a scene where uh, the high evolutionary um, yells at Aisha and Adam Warlock for his failure to get Rocket. Now, if you remember, there's an op- the opening scene of Guardians 2. Like, they actually come in contact with that gold race of people. Right. And uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth DeBecky's character is Aisha, who is, like, I think the leader of that clan. And she's also, like, Adam Warlock's mother. What else has she been in? Like I, I'm like I recognize her, and then I'm like, I don't know. the one thing I remember she was in is that um, oh, what was uh, Tenet? That Christopher Nolan movie Tenet, where things are traveling backwards and stuff. I don't remember, but. and I'm sure she's been in other stuff too, but I don't really remember. Um, yeah, and and like we get the sense of the high evolutionaries, like really like a dick he really thinks highly of himself he talks down to everybody and in this scene he's basically calling adam more like an idiot uh, we also find out that he has these like anti-gravity powers because he like slams adam warlock down to the ground right that's some something that's come into his repertoire and then i think he has a conversation with his um scientists where he might allude to the fact that he believes the guardians will be going to that corporate building but i'm not 100 percent sure that i might be wrong about that but he, i remember he does have a conversation a quick conversation with his scientist buddies there um so yeah we uh like i said i don't remember exactly where all these flashback scenes with rocket fit in uh but we definitely get one somewhere around here um where um you know they do like that preliminary like whatever they do to rocket and they, they put him in this cage. And at that point, like he doesn't have a scalp, like his bare brain is basically showing. And he meets his, um, fellow cage mates who we don't, uh, this will be another scene where they get, end up getting names, but there's basically a female, like, um, is she like a seal or sea lion? An otter. Oh, an otter. Yeah, you're right. An otter. Uh, there's a, a walrus guy and a rabbit, uh, girl. Spider rabbit. Spider rabbit. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, the walrus guy, he's almost like in a wheelchair type apparatus. Yeah, he's like one of those uh, puppies that has broken legs, so they put wheels on his back. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um. So now back to the present. Uh, the team shows up at that um, corporate headquarters building or close to it. Um. They end up having to go through like a series of shields, and like Peter has to like do this thing on the ship to get them through the shields. At the same time, him, Mantis, and Drax are having this conversation. I think kind of about like Peter's like recent behavior, his drunkenness, and like his his him not getting over Gamora, things like that. <laughs> right, and like um, and like Mantis tries to get Drax to tell him something because like she's like he won't listen to me. Well, that's actually a different scene. The Lily Pad. Does that scene, come later? That comes later. Oh, okay. Yeah. But this did have that funny bit where like. He offers Peter like one of those Zagnuts or whatever. Oh, right. And like later on, like Mantis is like, what if I wanted a Zagnut? And he's like, sorry, they're all gone. And then he continues to like eat one. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of great banter, like Mantis and Drax during this movie. Um, so they get close to that building 
But then this I thought was a little weird. So they're like, oh, no, we ran into something. Um, they end up running into a team of Ravagers uh, led by Sylvester Stallone. So these were the guys. Uh, these guys were also in Guardians too, right? And apparently, like, because like to get to this uh, building, there's like three layers of shields, and I guess they were hiding behind like this second layer, something of like or something. that. Yeah, but yeah, they get through and then they get attacked. But the thing is, like, like everyone acted like surprised, but Nebula knew because she set this whole thing up. Right. Yeah, she knew. Uh, yeah, she she basically contacted the Ravagers because she knew they were going to need their help to infiltrate this place. I guess she didn't tell the other group members because maybe she was afraid they wouldn't go for it or something. Did they need them though? <laughs> it's questionable because <laughs> uh, really, well, they do get Gamora's help, which right. is probably the biggest thing because uh, Gamora is with the Rav these uh, group of Ravagers. And she ends up joining their mission. I mean, they, they do give them like the they have these um, work suits to help them blend in once they infiltrate the place. Right. They do have some assets, but I guess. They probably could have got those on their own. Yeah, they should have. I don't know. I think the biggest thing is just they get Gamora's help. You yeah, know? they need to get Gamora on the team somehow. So the team all dress in colorful spacesuits. Uh, if you watch the trailer for the movie, you um, you saw these. Um and so they end up landing on this corporate building, but the building is weird because it's also kind of like biological in nature. Right. It's an organic structure. Yeah. In space. Um, we get kind of a comedy scene where like uh, Peter pushes his button on the suit and he thinks he's just talking to Gamora. Mm -hmm. And he kind of has this conversation where he tells about how him and the old Gamora like fell in love and she's like not buying it. Like, and he kind of like, is like trying to get her on board, but she's just not going for it. But then we find out that the other team members were listening in because they had this like really convoluted like system on their right. suits where like he was talking to everybody instead of just her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because he's like using it the way you'd think it would work, and everyone else is like, no, it's this super convoluted method. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he like her suit's blue, so he pushes the blue button, which ends up talking to everybody, and they're like, "Oh no, you know, if you want to, orange blue, means blue, you know. and yellow means." And Drax is like, "It's really intuitive." <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Uh, so the team they infiltrate this facility, um, and like. It was weird because, like, they have this scene where they, like, just barely, like, cover up this camera. And, like, um, James Gunn's wife, she's playing, um, like, this this person that's monitoring all the cameras. Oh, okay. You know? That was her. Yeah. And um, so they, they cover up the camera, but then they have to turn on, like, the gravity to, to that room. And them doing that just still immediately, like, uh, gets the guards' attention. And so the guards start coming uh towards there it does give them like time to change though yeah so they get time they see what looks like a locker so they put their spacesuits in that locker and now underneath they're wearing like the the corporate like jumpsuits or whatever so they'll blend in um so then the guards show up led by nathan fillion now this is something i didn't understand because to me it doesn't look like he's like a different race he's just a human but he's in this like really weird suit yeah, they have weird organic suits. And I'm like, why are they wearing these? They don't even really make sense. Well, I don't know the purpose. But Maybe they, that may, I guess. They did have like, like built in like uh, thrusters or something. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They had like weird they could kind of weapons or something too. Yeah. 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 Um, 
<laughs> but this scene, like, I don't remember all the jokes in this scene, but there was some funny stuff where, like, um, you know, Drax said something weird and, and Peter's like, oh, you know, don't mind him. He's a bit, like, loony or something. And then, <laughs> he's like, he's the boss's nephew or something. Yeah. And then Nathan Fillion's like, oh, I got one of those two, this <laughs> this guy, you know. And they have this whole conversation. And then um, at some point, like, um, <laughs> I remember there was a funny line where Drax is all, are we pretending to be mad at Mantis again? Mantis, you asshole. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was a lot of good jokes in that scene. I don't I don't remember all of them, but I remember thinking that scene was very funny. Um so then they uh they they convince Nathan Fillion that they are workers there. Um so they split into into two teams. Peter ends up bumping into this scientist, which will come into play later. Um so Peter, Nebula, and Gamora are one team, and they're going on the search for that module that has rockets information in it. And then um, Mantis and Drax are the other team. And the thing is, I don't remember, like, what they're trying to accomplish, but they basically almost immediately get spotted. You're right. Oh, but there is a funny scene that I didn't write down <laughs> where they get by this guard because Mantis forces the guard oh, right. to fall in love with Drax. And he's like, ah, every time. Yeah, that's how they get through the checkpoint. <laughs> that scene was, again, so this whole sequence is, is pretty funny. Um, um. Peter, I wrote, Peter tries and fails to seduce the woman in charge, uh, w- you know, when they're trying to get Rocket's information. So uh, Gomorrah ends up just, like, threatening her life with a gun. Uh, Drax and Mantis get recognized by security, like I was talking about. Um, at first, they get the upper hand due to Mantis's like, mind powers. Like, I remember she touched Nathan Fillion and says, like, you're a cat. And then she touches this other guy and, like, dance or something. And he's dancing all silly. And so they get the upper hand for a, a while, but eventually Nathan Fillion like gets back in the game and he shoots uh, Drax a couple times with like this large cannon. Yeah, it fucks him up pretty good. Which is like a tease. Is like, oh, are they going to kill Drax here? Actually, actually, before we get into this, got into this movie, I said if they kill anybody, I would think Drax would be like the most likely. Well, it seemed likely because also like at some point Batista had done an interview where he was, he like he was talking about he was going to be done. Yeah. Which I do kind of wonder, like, when we get to the end of this movie, it seems like going forward, he's at least going to have a very diminished role if he continues. Right. And th- there's also the thing where, like, there are a couple people who are gone who kind of got, like, cameos. So. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, so Peter's team, they end up getting Rocket's module and they uh, go back down to the ground level uh, where all the chaos is going on. Um, so they're getting shot at. Um, but they're they're kind of in this like dome covering, um, so they're like temporarily protected. So Peter uses this charm to convince the wom- that one woman who is in charge to basically let him get into their system, so he can like talk to everybody and like cool down the situation. But as soon as he gets in, he ends up turning off the artificial gravity, which causes like all the enemy guys to to float, you know? Right. Um, or or maybe he's. Um, just taking control of those things in their suits you were talking about. Yeah, I don't Cause know. Because, I mean, they're still able to walk. Yeah, I, uh, maybe maybe they did have, like, it was part of their suits. I, don't yeah, know. I think, so that probably is why they're wearing the suits, so they can do that scene. Because, yeah, they're still able to use gravity. Um, the team calls Groot to fly in and pick them up. He ends up, you know, having to crash into that facility, basically, and they get in and get away. Um, we get a flashback scene where Rocket and his friends uh, name themselves. Um, so the Otter Girl is Lila, 
the walrus named himself Teefs because of his big teeth. Uh, the rabbit was like, oh, I'm on the floor. He'd call me Floor. And then uh, Rocket um, named himself Rocket. You know what? I'm going to get to another flashback scene, but I think I, I think there was a flashback scene before this one. But it doesn't really matter. I'll, I'll get to it. Uh, the team analyzed Rocket's module. And I think they, like, I don't know if they get a video, but they... they they decipher kind of, they get a glimpse of his past and like what he went through and everything. And they're like, oh, that was horrible. I think Nebula even was like, oh, his life was like worse than mine or something. Right. Yeah. It has like the footage of his transformation. Um, but the thing they discover is that the key to their, that they're after was um, recently removed from that module. And they determined, I don't remember exactly how, but they determined that the key was probably stolen by that scientist Peter bumped into. Right. He was on the, the log or whatever for the changes. So Okay. And um, they get a picture of him. He has like this kind of robotic thing on his head. And they're like, oh, he yeah. probably put the key into that thing. He has a hard drive like wired into his, wired into his brain or something. Um, I don't remember exactly what this conversation was, but I remember like Gamora gets mad at Peter. And Nebula kind of steps in and defends Peter as her friend and and says that, you know, Rocket was the one that upgraded her arm into like a weapon and so that they're friends and so kind of lay off. So Gamora gets angry and storms off. Um, so in another flashback scene, and I think this one maybe actually might have occurred before that one I just talked about, but there's a flashback scene where the High Evolutionary is talking to Rocket and he shows him that he made... Um, a replica of Earth that I think they call Counter Earth. Yeah, and his plan is that he's going to make these like perfectly evolved creatures and fill this Earth with them. And he's so he's he's basically trying to make like the perfect Earth, if you if you will. Um, so he shows Rocket. He's got these chambers, and he can put an animal in it, and it will instantly like evolve them into like the highest form of themselves. And he does so, like he does it with a turtle. It, so he puts a turtle in there and it becomes like this grown up like turtle, almost turtle human hybrid type thing. But the problem is it's like um, very aggressive. Right. Like there's something going on that's making it crazy. It's getting too much of a certain protein. And Rocket's like, oh, well, that thing on the side is causing a problem that's giving it the too much protein or whatever. And the high evolutionary is kind of like dumbfounded that Rocket – because Rocket's like this flawed creature, but he was able to like come up with this solution. Right. So he's like, you know, kind of dumbfounded by it. Um, um, so now we get a scene where um, Aisha asks at like at that facility. Um, now, what I don't really understand is like we never really saw any of the other Ravagers like at that facility. I didn't think any of them went along with the trip, but somehow they did um, catch one of the Ravagers at that site. Yeah, I don't know. And so they're going to interrogate him. And he also has this, like, little cute uh, dog-like – it doesn't look like a dog. It kind of acts like a dog, but it's some sort of creature. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, like um, – yeah, we kind of skip over that part where, where the uh, Celestial that was his and in, in the fight, like, that guy got – acquired it. Yeah, so, well, in this scene, so, like – and this is funny too. Like Aisha, no, he's not a celestial. He's a Goldie. Sorry. A Goldie. Goldilocks. <laughs> uh, Aisha asks Adam to interrogate this Ravager, but he doesn't really understand. So he just like burns this guy to a crisp, <laughs> right. like to a skeleton. <laughs> um, and and so then we get um, Aisha hears, even though that guy's dead. Like Aisha hears like uh, a noise coming from him, and basically there's like there's a comm device on him. 
and we find out that um, uh, Gamora is trying to reach uh, the Ravagers, and so Aisha grabs that comm device, pretends to be a, rav- a Ravager, and Gamora like gives her like I think the beacon to the, their their right, ship, their location, so that basically. they can follow. Um, so Adam he does adopt that dead uh, Ravager's pet, whatever that thing is, as his own. Um, in the final flashback scene, um, we see now this confused me. So like rockets in his, um, cage and like a, the high evolutionary comes, but he's like on his knees, he's weakened. And the scientists mentioned that he was in the middle of one of his treatments, but there's never another scene that like suggests that there's something wrong with the high evolutionary. So I, I was, there is something later, but we don't know exactly what, well, I mean, I, Coming up, I'll, I'll tell you what you know Rocket does to him. But besides that, was but this was before like Rocket messed him up. So I was like, "Oh, is that?" I didn't know that was the result of him getting fucked up by Rocket. No, I believe this scene was before he's messed up. Like he's coming to find uh, Rocket, and like he's on his knees, and like the, I remember the scientists mentioned something about like, "Oh, sire, you're like shouldn't do this. You're in the middle of your treatments." But they, they never really ex- explain what that was something about like maybe like the things that were wrong with him is why he's trying to create like more perfect creatures i don't know maybe yeah that part was a little little he's also like a complete psychopath yeah um but basically he takes rocket and now like maybe it's minutes later but he seems fine now and he shows him that rocket solution worked uh so he can now uh evolve the animals just fine and then rocket says something like oh you know are we going to leave to the new world soon? And he basically, the high evolutionary laughs it off. And he's like, I'm not going to take, you know, you and your friends, like you're going to be incinerated, you know? Um, so he, rocket gets sent back to a cell. Uh, rocket is able to uh, make like a, a key card for his cell. Uh, he, he breaks him and the others out. And then he hug, he gives uh, Lila a hug, but basically right as they're hugging, we hear a gunshot. The high evolutionary killed Lila. Um, so now this scene, like Rocket gets pissed off and he just starts like ripping at the high evolutionary's face. And so I, I, I didn't know he did that much damage to him. Well, I left this out because like when we first meet the high evolutionary, you can see like his face looks like it's pinned on, like it's mangled yeah, on the side. Yeah, he's got like a metal thing that goes around and like you can see like. Uh, like pinch marks, like it's like his face is. Yeah, so you, you're kind of wondering, like, what's this guy's deal? Like, is he a robot with a fake face on or something right. like that? You know, but no, we find out here that like Rocket messed it, it clawed his face up so bad. This is what led to that. <laughs> Didn't at some point they called him like a, a RoboCop looking motherfucker or something? Yeah, they did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember where that line fits in, but they did. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Rocket messes up his face. Um, and then Rocket ends up getting in a firefight with some guards. Uh, he wins that fight, but then he turns around and he discovers that his other friends, Floor and Teefs, they, they got shot and killed yeah, in the process. Died. So he's the only survivor. Uh, so then Rocket, uh, run, he dodges a bunch of bullets uh, and escapes on a spaceship out of there. Uh, so now we're back in present day. Um, Peter and the Guardians go to uh, are on their way to counter-Earth to meet the high evolutionary and get the key from the scientists, you know, and they have this whole running thing where like Nebula's like, this is an obvious trap, but Peter is like, it's not a trap. If you know that it's a trap, it's a face, uh, it's a face off. He says face off. Now the team end up like dressing in uniforms 
that are like you know from the comics and everything. But my thing was like, where did they get these uniforms, and why exactly did they change into them? They're not like armor or anything. Well, in the beginning in that city, weren't they kind of like? Well, they were putting up that sign, so I thought they were like for hire or something. Yeah, I was wondering about that too, because yeah, in that very very opening montage where they're putting up that sign, like. It looks like it's in a foreign language, but then when they do the title treatment, they basically take that sign, and then it translates into Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. So it, you're right; it does almost seem like they were setting up like a Guardians for Hire type right. business or something. Um, so yeah, maybe they did get these uniforms uh, when they go on on jobs. <laughs> we took them off the last crew. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we get that scene you referenced earlier, where like uh, you know Mantis is like. Peter won't listen to me, Drax, so you talk to him. And so, I forget exactly what it was, but, you know, Drax basically tells him, like, you know, like your whole life, it's like you're in this pond, and you've been, uh, the women in your life have been lily pads, and you're just jumping from lily pad to lily pad, and so now it's time, you gotta learn to swim. And so, I think he's basically saying, like, you gotta learn to be comfortable, like, on your own. Right. Or something like that. But then, like, Drax starts, like... (laughs) Using these other weird analogies because, well, like, Pete, Peter's surprised. Yeah, Peter calls him out. He's like, That was an analogy. I didn't think you were like capable. You know? It's like, I, I, I know allergies and, and metaphors. And he's like, I took a poop the other day that looked like a fish. <laughs> that was an analogy. Even my ass can do analogies. Yeah. So it was funny, but like, yeah, very, very strange. Um, so the team, they arrive to Counter-Earth, and they land their ship in this residential neighborhood. Uh, this scene was also in the trailers, if you watch the trailers. Uh, so, you know, they immediately piss everyone off because this little girl, like, passes them a dodgeball, and Drax just, like, throws it right in her face. So they, like, start throwing rocks at them. And, uh, oh, they, they tell Groot to, uh, to go into kaiju mode. So Groot grows all all big and, and yeah, scares them super off. Big, yeah. uh, in the process, this woman falls down and scrapes her knee. Uh, Peter helps her so that she can kind of see, oh, these guys aren't don't mean us harm. So that woman brings them into her home. And, um, uh, you know, the... <laughs> There's like uh, Peter draws like a very crude drawing of that scientist because <laughs> they're looking for him. <laughs> Drax and Mantis are both like impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like Drax keeps they have this bit where Drax keeps trying to lay down on the couch and they're like sit up that's rude or whatever you know. Uh, anyway, the family ends up conveying to them that the scientist they're looking for is in this large pyramid shaped building that's in the distance. <clears throat> so Peter, Nebula, and Groot. Um, are are gonna borrow that family's car and drive to the pyramid shaped building, <clears throat> but Peter tells uh, Drax and Mantis to stay with the ship to protect Rocket, <clears throat> and Gamora is also on that ship. Um. Oh, and um, Peter has Groot hide his element guns like in Groot's body. Yeah, it comes out later. <clears throat> He's packing a lot of heat. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, we get a scene where Gamora's on the ship, and she kind of goes through Peter's things. He sees a, she sees a photo of him with his mom and grandpa, and she kind of gets like a sense of like who his past and who he is. <clears throat> uh, so Peter, Nebula, and Groot get to that pyramid building, and they're greeted by like these 
large, like, animal-robot hybrid guards. Like, one of them that'll come into play later is called Warpig. He's like a hog mixed with a robot. And there was another robot creature there, too, but they don't really use him as much. Yeah, he fell <clears> out <throat> later. In a, yeah. Um, so they, they scan them for weapons, and they're like, well, Nebula, your arm is a weapon, so you're not going to be allowed in. <clears throat> but they didn't find any guns on Peter, or detect any guns on Peter or Groot, so they let them in. Um, now these scenes I might get in, in kind of like the wrong order cause they're all kind of happening at once, but close enough. Um, <clears throat> um, so we get a scene where Drax, he, like he gets a feeling that like they should leave the ship and go to the pyramid building. Cause he's like, something's up. <clears throat> so he tricks Mantis onto getting onto this motorcycle with him. She thinks he's just going to drive it to the ship, but instead he, he starts driving it towards that pyramid building. <clears throat> um, so when Peter goes to meet the high evolutionary, the high evolutionary sends that war pig uh, uh, guy to go get rocket. Um, at first the high evolutionary is just like ignoring Peter, but then Peter sees that scientist and goes after him. <clears throat> and so this leads to the high evolutionary having a conversation with Peter. I should mention that like on, on the car right over, they saw like a, a drug deal going down with like, an octopus guy. Yeah, like and, some of these hybrid creatures. And some like kids with like <clears throat> cockroach heads. So like, you know, Peter tells this guy, he's like, oh, your idea of this perfect earth involves like these hybrid guys like having like meth deals gone right. wrong and stuff. And he's like, actually, no. And that's why I'm going to raise this place uh, to the ground, like destroy everything and start over. <clears throat> so yeah, he finds out that like this earth like is going to be blown up. Um, so the war pig comes into the ship, tries to get rocket. Uh, so Gamora tries to defend rocket from the war pig. I forget what exactly happens here. I think she must get knocked down or start to lose, but, um, <laughs> Adam Warlock shows up and he like easily defeats the war pig guy. And I remember they have a conversation because the war pig's like, what are you doing? Like, we're working for the same guy. We're trying to accomplish the same goal. But I think Adam's basically like, yeah, but we need the credit. Right, they're trying to get the credit for bringing Rocket in. Because they're trying to get back in the good graces of the High Evolutionary. Um, but while Adam is, like, beating the War Pig, uh, Gamora is able to escape the, sh the ship with Rocket's body. Um, uh, so now we're back uh, with Peter. Peter throws a grenade. This blows up, and it kind of creates a partition between the High Evolutionary and, like, him and um, the rest of the people there. Uh, so this, uh, like you referenced earlier, Groot opens up and he's got not only uh, Peter's guns, but he had a bunch of other guns smuggled right. on too. So they just start wrecking shop and killing a bunch of these guys. Now, the thing is, like, they're killing, like, some guards, but it also looks like they're just killing some scientists too. Pretty, which, pretty much indiscriminate. Yeah. Which may or may not be evil. I mean, they're working for this bad guy, so we're assuming they're kind of evil, but who knows. Um, so now the pyramid building is revealed to actually be a, a, a huge spaceship and it starts taking off. Um, now, this seemed like a bad idea and I'm not even sure why he thought this was necessary. But Peter um, tackles that scientist like out of the, the spacecraft. And I'm like, why did he do this? <laughs> it was like that... Uh... That Dungeons and Dragons scene. It was <laughs> Jonathan. Actually, it was very similar to that, wasn't it? Yeah, so he tackles this guy out, and they, they would die, except Groot follows him out. And Groot uh, 
grows wings basically yeah he sprouts wings and i don't think he he's not quite flying but it allows him to kind of glide roughly to the ground but i almost also was like was that groot's best idea like he could have just like grown his tentacles down grabbed him and then just like i mean i guess the spaceship is taking off but maybe he could get down like fast enough without you know just like yeah what were they they, must, they were trying to get back to the spaceship well they were gonna have the spaceship come pick him up Right. Hopefully so, before the, the planet explodes. Yeah, so um so yeah, Peter tackles the guy, Groot goes after him. Um so now Adam um I think starts to go after Gamora, but um then this is where the earth starts blowing up. And so Adam goes to try to save his mom who is on the planet. But if I remember right, he fails, she ends up getting blown up. Um and so Adam actually heads back to the ship, but he gets knocked out uh, unconscious. Gamora has rockets, but she sees all these explosions going off. So she's like, oh, I need to get back on the ship. She gets back on. And I think we get a, a short scene where she notices Adam's unconscious body there. Um, so now Nebula, at some point, Nebula, she was on comms and she found out that Drax and Mantis had left the ship and they showed up there. And so they see that, you know, everything's exploding and that ship's taken off. So they're like, oh, crap, they need to run and get, get on, on the ship. ship yeah. It's their only chance. Uh, so they run, they jump, and they barely get on the bottom of that the high evolutionary ship. Um, it starts going up into space. They almost freeze to death when Drax is able to finally break the door down and get them inside the ship. Um, they discover a race of intelligent uh, children that were made by the high evolutionary. Uh, they're all in cages. Were they made? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a different scene that shows. For so, for some while, I was thinking that they were going to be like the next round of experiments. But yeah, he'd already made them. There was a short scene um, that showed one of these kids like running in the like this like infinite hamster wheel loop. Right. And like he mentioned, like these are kind of his his perfect beings. But I I think the thing is is like for some reason like they can do all this great stuff. But they still don't have like the cognitive creation powers that Rocket had for some reason. Right, Rocket's like the only one of his creations that had like this, you know, this spark of um, like creativity, like intu- intuition, creativity. Yeah. So he wants to basically dissect Rocket's brain in hopes that he can imbue this characteristic on these kids. I think and- it's like. I don't think you really learn anything from dissecting like a smart person's brain versus like a dumb person, but <laughs> I I know you, you got to take a little bit of like science fictiony like uh, and just go with it type of thing. Um, so Peter and Groot land on the ground with that scientist guy, and like they basically just smash him against the ground, and then eventually like end in this pond where I think he just like drowns and dies. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then P- Peter like. Uh, cuts the key out of the head at the same time Gamora gets the the plane in the air and but the ship in the air but I don't know if it's damaged or she's just not an experienced flyer I think the controls are weird like she's struggling with the controls. oh yeah she's like didn't understand the controls so she ends up like crashing the ship um and almost like running over Peter and Groot uh, but not quite uh so they get on board uh Peter connects the key um to rocket um but he still ends up flatlining um, we, so now we get this scene with Rocket in like heaven, basically he meets Lila and he can see like Teefs and Flora in the distance. And he's like, can I come with you? And she's like, sure. 
but not quite yet. Like it's it's not your time. Um, so Rocket comes back to life, and I think like Peter was like doing maybe like CPR on him, or something right. too. Extra dramatic. Yeah. Uh, Rocket comes back to life. They all have a, a big old hug. Um, so now Peter contacts Nebula. And, you know, he finds out the situation that her, Drax, and Mantis are stuck on the High Evolutionary ship. And then while they're on comms, the High Evolutionary discovers Nebula and the others. And I forget exactly what the conversation here was, but I think he basically tells them that if he wants the others, you know, to stay alive, he's got to trade Rocket for right, them. Right, that's, that's pretty much it. And Peter basically just tells him to go F himself, if I remember right. Um this might be where the RoboCop comments come in. I don't remember. Now, I don't know if I'm getting this sequence right. Um, I might get... I have some of this backwards. But at some point, um, Nebula... So I think this scene must happen before, but I'm not sure. At some point, Nebula's team... Uh, so Nebula, Drax, and Mantis are thrown into these room with these large like monster guys who I think... We're the same as the monster at the very beginning of Guardians 2. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Mantis, like, um, uses her powers to save them. She susses out that um, these guys are, are afraid that they're going to be aggressive towards them. But really, all they're after, all they want is batteries. So th- they're not trying to kill them. So she just uses her powers to, like, tell them, hey, you're okay or whatever. Although you got to imagine Nebula might have a battery <laughs> somewhere in her system. So I think it must have been somewhere before this, but Gamora calls uh, the other guy and the dog. Oh, well, yeah, I have that down here, too. Uh, Peter contacts Kraglin and lets him know that he will need his help. Um, The thing I was confused of and and why I might have that last monster scene, because I was thinking at first that the monster scene came later. But then I was like, we got this scene where Nebula, Drax, and... um, Mantis are talking to the kids, trying to tell them to stay away from the starboard side. Right, I think that so came I'm, before. Yeah. So I'm like, when did they get on comms? Because I would have figured the High Evolutionary would have taken away their comms so that they couldn't talk. And so that's why I thought he must have thrown them in with the monsters first, and then what? when they escaped, maybe they came back. Well, I don't remember who called them. I was thinking it was Gamora, but was it Peter? Well, I'm know. pretty sure Peter is the one that talks to Kraglin. But I'm not sure. Maybe that's when Gamora picked him up. But what I was confused on is I I couldn't remember who talk who was able to talk to Nebula and tell them their plans so that she would be telling the kids to stay away from the starboard side. That I don't know. It all could have happened after they, you know, Peter and Gamora met up. Yeah. So we might have missed a scene here. Um, but basically, um, we get a scene between Nebula, Drax, Mantis, and the kids, where like at first, you know. Nebula's trying to talk to the kids, but of course she can't understand them. Uh, Drax comes in and he gets the kids on his side, gets them laughing, like pretending, like he says he's going to pretend to be a monkey, but then he like makes these sounds and they're like, is that what a monkey sounds like? <laughs> um, but then we also I don't even remember the sounds like he was making. He's like beep, boop, pop, <laughs> up. Right? Yeah, it didn't sound like a monkey at all. Uh, but then like um, we find out that these kids, for whatever reason, speak Drax's like home language. Well, that's what. Uh, that was another thing that made me lead led me to think that they were like going to be experiments and that they hadn't been created. Oh, like maybe they were they taken, were abducted, or something. Oh, yeah. maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know any other reason Drax would know their language. Well, well um, no, I think they had to. It, they, 
if they weren't fully like created, they were at least experimented on because that's why they have like hamster wheel energy right. and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, they speak. Drax's the other ones, language. did they talk about what happened to Drax's homeworld? Like Ronan came and fucked up a bunch of people, right? Yeah, I don't think they like. We know that Ronan killed Drax's wife and child, and I think he killed a bunch of the other people. I don't know if he wiped out like the whole homeworld yeah, okay. or whatever, but yeah, he definitely like devastated their his home planet in some way. Um, but yeah, basically they tell them this, the kids, hey, stay away from the starboard side. Um, so Peter breaks the Bowie, which is what they call this ship they've had in this movie. They named it the Bowie, which I think they must have got that ship in Avengers Endgame as well, I think. Uh, but anyway, it's able to split into three parts. So they got the main part that has, um, I believe Peter and Gamora. One, one of the ships has rocket and one has Groot. Um, so they come upon like the high evolutionary ship. And then at the same time, Kraglin shows up out of nowhere, piloting nowhere. The god's head. Yeah. yeah. And he is able to, nowhere has this huge cannon and it's able to blow a hole in the starboard side of the ship. Uh, the high evolutionary releases a bunch of robot creatures. I don't remember. He had a name for him. I don't remember yeah, I don't know. what he called him. There's like a billion of them now. And this ends up raising the ire of one of his underlings where she's like, sir, should you be doing this? And like... Some more stuff happens, like, I, I, this whole sequence, there's so much going on that I definitely don't have it in order. But at some point, like, he does something to where she's, like, questions his authority. So, like, she almost tries to do a, create, like, a mutiny, and she gets the other people on her side. But then he easily just, like, uses his yeah. gravity powers and puts them down. So I, I'm not exactly sure what the point of that was. Uh, but basically, these, these robots uh, he lets loose, they end up infiltrating nowhere. Um but Kraglin, uh, he, he gets like a vision of Yondu. I think you kind of mentioned like right. we get cameos by people that have been gone or whatever. Uh, so he gets this uh, cameo of uh, Yondu, a vision of Yondu. And this gives him like the courage or whatever to use the whistle arrow correctly. And he he basically almost defeats all of these creatures except one that almost gets him. But luckily Cosmo is able to use her powers to to smash the last bad guy. And of course, this finally gets Craglin to call her a good dog. You know, that's one thing about the enemies in this movie. I found them a little disappointing because like, they're never, they're always easily defeated, it seems like. They're, you never really get the sense that they're, yeah, like they build them up and then they're easily defeated. Yeah, normal, I guess they were super strong, but uh, they had numbers. Um, now, I think I am, like, missing some stuff that happened here outside in their ships. But at some point, Peter, Rocket, and Groot, they all end up on the High Evolutionary's ship um, with Gamora as well. And they're like, okay, we're going to find the others, and then uh, we're going to get everyone out of here or whatever. But then conveniently, right at that time, the others break through the wall, and they're riding on those uh, uh, creatures that Mantis subdued. Right. Um. Just like in the Mario movie, we get a needle drop that No Sleep Till Brooklyn Beastie Boys song plays. I've been hearing a lot of Beastie Boys lately. <laughs> and we get like their badass like slow-mo walks <laughs> that you get in these movies. Um, so they open up this door. It ends up with our, this gets them in like a huge hallway fight scene where they beat a combination of men and like robot hybrid creatures. Uh, pretty slick action scene i don't remember all the little beats to it or anything but you know it was a pretty good action scene um 
So like the um I think what happens is like the steering console on the ship is is like messed up. So Nebula ends up having to use her robot arm to steer the ship. And so basically the plan is she she steers the ship, the high evolutionary ship, and basically kind of docks it uh into uh nowhere. Right, the eye socket. And then Cosmo is gonna use her powers to create a uh, a seal so that the kids can move from the high evolutionary ship to nowhere. Yep. Um, now, this is another thing I lost track of. So I just wrote, at some point, Adam Warlock, uh, we, we see that he's, Gamora put him in res- restraints. Um, he gets out of those restraints. Um, and I think he gets himself into some sort of um, danger and is saved by Groot. And then, you know... He asks, why would you do that? And, you know, I am Groot. And Drax says, because he says that everyone deserves a second chance. Yeah, I don't remember how he got beat down, but somewhere in there. Yeah, so, something must have happened to him that allowed Groot to help him out. Um, So they're getting the kids to safety, but Rocket, he stays behind um, to finish his business with the High Evolutionary. Um, So Rocket discovers a cage full of baby raccoons, and he... You know, there's this whole bit throughout these movies, like, don't call me a raccoon. But he sees on this that they're from North America and they are, you know, cold raccoons. Uh, He frees them from their cage, but then he's discovered and attacked by the high evolutionary who uses his gravity powers on him. But um, Rocket is able to use his anti-gravity boots um, to get back down on the ground. He shoots the high evolutionary. And then basically out of nowhere, all the guardians show up and they just take turns and beat the shit out of the high evolutionary. And this is another thing. Like, he's easily defeated. Like, he's built up as this big bad, but then they just beat his ass. Like, so I'm like, I don't know. I, I felt it kind of made him a, a lesser of a villain, kind of. Um, now, I remember, like, you know, Rocket spares his life. And he's like, why would you do that? And he's like, because I'm a guardian of the galaxy or whatever. But, like... You would have guarded more galaxy if you killed him. I'm trying to think in the end, like, do you think the High Evolutionary, like, survived this? Or does it... Because do we ever see his ship actually explode or anything? Um, well, I, I think... I don't know if it explodes, but, like, um... I mean, he's in a bad way. His whole face is ripped off, but... Oh, yeah, that was kind of a gnarly scene, too. You see, like, yeah, under underneath, like, the, the skin, there's just, like, this red or like raw meat and like missing nose and nose hole and stuff so he's looking pretty gnarly when that comes off but yeah after that like rocket convinces them they all have to go back and save the animals as well right and i have that road yeah rocket spares his life and convinces peter to save all the caged animals um so like they're getting everybody off but then like peter drops his zune and decides to go back for it and but this like causes him like like, like, there's an explosion. He drops down a level. I think he, like, grabs this rope or, or something that propels him. Yeah, it's like a hose or something, a rope. Or something. Right. But then, like, so he's, like, floating over to nowhere. But then, like, he hits some debris, which slows him down. Right, because this is all happening, like, right when Cosmo's, like, out of juice. Like, the two ships are coming out. You know, they're, like, undocking. Right. So, yeah, Cosmo ran out of juice. Can't save him. Uh, Groot tries to save him, but his tendrils only go out so far, and then they freeze and break off. 
So, and then Peter, like, he starts to freeze. Like, you see his face kind of, like, expand. Right. And, like, they tease it, like, oh, is Peter going to die a horrible death right here now? There were a number of times where they they were, like, exposed to, like, raw space. And I was like, these guys are pretty fucked right now. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. The only thing is, is, like, in my head, I did predict. Because I'm like, oh, now Adam Warlock's on their side, so he'll he'll save him, and that's exactly what happened. So yeah, Adam Warlock saves him, uh, and then so yeah, we start basically getting a series of wrap up scenes. Uh, Peter and Gamora have like a heartfelt uh, goodbye, um, and then uh, so Peter tells the group that he's gonna leave and find his grandpa back on Earth. Oh, I did forget to mention like back in like that lily pad scene or whatever. I think, or maybe it was before that, and. Maybe that was towards the beginning. Anyway, at some point, Mantis had a conversation with him that, you know, he should probably go go and see if his grandpa's still alive. Right. Um, so he decides to do that. Uh, Mantis also mentions that she's going to go away for a while um, because, like, she spent her whole life, like, following um, Kurt Russell's orders or whatever. And she's just like, oh, I need to go find myself or whatever. Uh, Nebula and Drax decide they're going to stay on nowhere and kind of help this burgeoning society and like take care of the kids. And I think they mentioned that like, she says like, uh, you know, Drax like is a good father figure or something like that. He's supposed to be a father or dad. Uh, and then the group elects Rocket to be the, the new leader of the Guardians. Oh, and also, uh, Groot finally, finally breaks from tradition and he says, I love you guys. Um, do you think going forward, um... Because they've done this in the comics, too, where, like, Groot finally actually started speaking instead of just saying, I am Groot. Maybe. Do you think they'll do that? Um, And then we kind of end with this montage. So, Peter does meet up with his grandpa, um, which his grandpa's named Jason. In the comics, like, his father is named Jason. His father is not Ego like they did in in this series. So, a little bit of a callback to the comics. Uh, We see Mantis leave, like, riding... Well, I don't know if she rides him, but she leaves with her creatures. Uh, we see Gamora, like, greeted and hugged by her fellow Ravagers. And then, basically, all the other ones are just having a happy dance with the kids on Nowhere. And and yep. that's where the movie ends. Uh, so then we get a couple of, of uh, end credit sequences. Uh, so Stinger number one, uh, mid-credit sequence. Uh, the new Guardians, comprised of Rocket, Groot, Kraglin, Adam Warlock... Adam Warlock's pet, and um, we find out that like one of the girls they were talking to is Philavelle, a character from the comics that I don't know much about, um, but she has these bands um, on her arms that allow her to basically shoot laser beams. Was there anyone else in that group? I can't remember. You say Cosmo? Oh, Cos. You're right, Cosmo as well. Okay, I think that's all of them. And we see basically that they're just going to save these villagers from like this weird like pack wild animals that are coming towards them and so yeah we just get a sense that there's this new group of of guardians and then we wait through all the credits which your son just couldn't stop complaining about (laughs) and he ended up being right yeah (laughs) so we just get this scene weird scene where like peter's eating cereal and he has this conversation with his grandpa where like i think what was it like his grandpa insisted on like mowing the lawn himself so he's like what are people going to think? You got like this healthy, able-bodied, like 45-year-old that refuses to mow the grass or something, something like, that. like that. Anyway, um, the only interesting thing is once that's over, it we get a, a title sequence. That you spoiled earlier The Star-Lord will return. Which, you know, I, th- I thought when he did the whole, oh, I'm going to go to Earth and find my grandpa, I thought, 
oh, okay, maybe they're giving Chris Pratt uh, a send-off, like giving him an out. But then, you know, apparently he's coming back, which, hey, I'm happy. I, I like the Star-Lord character. I'm all for uh, seeing more. Star-Lording by himself? That's what I'm wondering. Um, of all the characters, who would you like to see a spinoff with? Ooh. Well, I mean, coming out of this movie, like, I think I just want to see that new Guardians movie with Rocket's new team. But mm. as far as, like... I'm wondering if uh, Mantis Solo? could have a... You know, I really do like Demantis' character, but I have a feel, like she's really like she's friends with James Gunn, and I gotta imagine like she's gonna get some sort of role in the DCU. <laughs> Actually, they announced that voice cast for that Creature Commandos cartoon. I wonder if she, maybe she was announced for that. I don't remember. Um, um, but yeah, as far as a solo film, I don't know. Like, yeah, Star Lord could do a solo film. Uh, who would you choose? Yeah, I was wondering if... Well, they said Star-Lord will return. I was wondering if he was going to have just like a different adventure. My kind of feeling... They say he'll return, but I kind of think it'll be in more of like a cameo thing. Like maybe he'll show up in like an Avengers type thing. Mm. I mean, they could do a solo film, but I, I don't know. I got to imagine like his... Con- in the in the quantum verse. I just feel like, you know, much with like Robert Downey Jr. and Captain America, once people are in these movies for long enough, eventually they're going to want to go do other stuff. Yeah, I mean, they've already been doing, well, like, eight, eight, ten years or something, so. And also, like, you know, the Marvel, they're smart. They sign these guys to, like, eight movie deals yeah. and stuff like that. But I got to imagine, like, if they hit that and they're like, okay, if I'm coming back, you're going to really back right. up the truck. So, like, I always kind of figure that into the equation, too. Um, and, you know. St- still looking like maybe Howard the Duck. Could be in the the works. Oh yeah, I forgot Howard Duck. We had a cameo did a, from Howard. The another Duck. short Howard the Duck cameo. <laughs> um, yeah, I still don't think I want a Howard the Duck movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you liked detective movies. <laughs> you know what? Like, I'm. I know when I was a kid, I saw at least scenes from that Howard the Duck movie. I remember nothing about it. I remember like in the opening where he's like flying through like. Like people's personal spaces and stuff. Uh, I, I remember like the, the the bad guy. Like there's a scene. I think I want to say they're in a car or something. But like he sticks out this long, gross tongue. That's uh, that's like all I remember. Doesn't he also have like a sex scene with Leah Thompson? I think there might have been rumors of that. <laughs> I don't remember. I can't be bothered to actually watch that movie. <laughs> I'm like, I know it won't be worth it. Even if there is a, a Leah Thompson sex scene, it, it's not going to be. <laughs> not going to be worth it. <laughs> you could probably just uh, YouTube that clip. That's probably true. <laughs> People check your search history. They're like, some weird shit. Weird shit, boyo. Oh, let me ask you this. So, like, you know, him and Gamora kind of come to this place where they're like, you know, she's not... Slightly more respectful. You know, she's not who he fell in love with or whatever. Now, do you hope they just kind of end that relationship there and have actually Star-Lord maybe have to grow, maybe he falls in love with someone else? Or do you kind of hope that something happens to where those two um, do end up forming a relationship again? Well, I wasn't thinking with her. I was thinking there's at some point like he's going to figure a way to actually bring her back. Yeah, I was wondering that too. Although, would people think that would, would be like an FU and like even make less stakes in this universe that already has well, I, the not thing is stakes. i don't know like uh the exact rules of jumping off the mountain yeah I but know, uh, I know. 
Well, well, there's that. There's also like part of me wonders if like you know his powers are just dormant and like uh, like he's still gonna have like some godlike powers at some point. Oh yeah, I forgot that aspect of thing because he is like half kind of godlike, right? Because Mantis, she didn't lose her uh, powers, right? So maybe he can like sacrifice his power to bring her back. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think there's interesting ways to go. Um, the only thing is, is like. You know, I like Rocket and I like this team of new Guardians, but like I do think I it's missing a, I I think like, you know, Peter, Drax, Mantis, they brought a lot to that group. And Nebula. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But um I wish I could remember more of the jokes because there were a lot of jokes in this movie and like a lot of them hit, I thought. Like Yeah, not bad. Um but yeah, but yeah, I definitely um overall more like I was saying earlier Definitely uh, more dour than the other ones. There, There is a lot of kind of like serious and sad scenes as well. Well, I mean, you have, they, they put in like Rocket's whole backstory and that's all sad. And then like, you know. Gamora and Peter. When, when you cut to the front, like he's dying, like the whole, the whole, like, you know, the time tension of the whole movie is based on his like dying. That's true. Half the movie he's dying. <laughs> right. So it, it does have a lot of somberness. Yeah. And it's James Gunn, Gunn's, you know, last, last, you know, movie in that series. So, um, but yeah, overall liked it a lot. Uh, let's go to the voting round. What are you going to give this bad boy on a scale of one to 10? I'd do a, I'd do a 90% on this one, a nine out of 10. I'm not going to go quite that high, but I'm going to give it like a 7.8. Yeah. I thought it was very good. Yes. Yeah, I'd definitely watch it again. Out of curiosity, and I know there's a lot of Marvel movies you haven't watched but of the ones you have what do you consider like just like the top echelon guardians is the top for me i think um thor ragnarok's up there for me i mean those are a couple of the heavy hitters for me everything else is there's a lot of stuff i felt was kind of like middle in the middle yeah yeah there's definitely a lot of middle of the road ones. i think for me like always fighting for the top spot for me are guardians one and the the og iron man one I love the original Iron Man as well. Yeah, that one was uh, another one that's kind of... It was okay for me. Man. The only thing disappointing is the other Iron Mans aren't very good. In, and I still think, for me, Iron Man 3 is at the very bottom of the MCU. I think it's still, like, the worst one. Yeah, I fell asleep in that one. Oh, it's I was so I don't think I like the second one either. The second one's a big... I don't sl- remember shit about the second one. Actually, I maybe should go watch the second one. To me, like, a lot of people bash on the on the second one and it definitely was a big step down from the first one but i remember liking aspects of it at least um but yeah man in conclusion go watch guardians 3 in the theater it's a great time great movie highly recommend it um any final thoughts before we wrap we wrap up not really i think i'm pretty good all right everybody we thank you very very much for for watching and listening uh if you will please go to the youtube channel subscribe um please leave us comments um uh, if you saw the movie let us know what you think um you know thumbs up uh if you will take a little bit of time write a, a positive review on your podcast service of choice where you can also listen in audio form and you can come over and bother us on twitter uh where can people find you on the twitter at unsolicited sug and you can of course find me at zach jones live that's z-a-c-h-j-o-n-e-s-l-i-v-e and that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week please 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 tune in again next week bye guys have a good one